Hey, thanks for tuning in to Earth to Mothership, broadcasting from the Sierra Nevada desert, where we broadcast our thoughts into the ether and see what pings back. I hope you guys enjoy this first episode and try not to judge us too harshly. So episode one, we're going to do, we're talking about Star Wars today. I'm familiar with okay. Star Wars. <laughs> Could you imagine not being familiar with Star Wars? There are people out there that just don't like it. People have made it a personality trait to not have watched Star Wars. I think I'm looking at one of those people. Oh, not to watch Star Wars. Not yeah. to watch Star Wars. Oh. They're, like, they're proud of it. Like I haven't seen any Harry Potter. Imagine being any. that stubborn. To just miss out on something that's told. I haven't watched a single Marvel. Yeah. Despite. Yeah. At this point, too, it's like episode four changed cinema. Even if you don't like Star Wars conceptually, it is something that is important to movie history. OG Star Wars. OG. Yeah. Episode four. It was originally just Star Wars, but then Lucas was like, I don't do things in order. So I'm mysterious. I'm different. Who's this guy's dad? You'll never know. (laughs) Little Annie. Episode one. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like Star Wars. Oh, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is part of my... I am on the polar opposite of that spectrum. I am so much in love with Star Wars that it is part of my personality. You have a Star Wars tattoo. I do. It says Rebel Scum. You branded your body with this... I have two Star Wars tattoos. Where's the other one? The tramp tattoo. Please Please keep your pants on. No, stop. Okay. Zip them back up. It's the... The skull. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not completed. This was my first tattoo, and it was uh, free. When did you get it? I was 17. Will you ever finish it? Yes. Also, for anyone listening at home, I'm the idiot that has the rebel scum tattoo. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Confused. Why'd we call this random person a cuck? Yeah. It's me. me. I'm, the I, I'm the cuck. So, Star Wars. Huge fans. Both of you. Yeah. Okay. Have you played Battlefront 2? Are you a fan? I have played Battlefront 2, and I am a fan, but I didn't get it at launch. Me neither. I like just recently got it like two months ago. Exactly. Yeah. I got mine a couple months ago, right before the big update they just released. But it was after the backlash that EA had gotten for making gambling for kids in Star Wars edition. And I agreed with a lot of that. I was like, the minute they take that stuff out is the minute that I'm going to get invested in this game because I do like first person shooters in particularly. Mm-hmm. And I love Star Wars. And picking it up now, like Starfighter Assault's great. Me and my girlfriend play Ewok Hunt all the time, which Dude, is that's super like, fun. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Ewok Hunt is like an infection type game type where there's 18 <laughs> stormtroopers in a pitch black forest and two Ewoks. And it's Ewoks versus stormtroopers, but the stormtroopers are at a disadvantage because they have a flashlight that's on a timer. And so it runs out Ooh. and then it re- regrows. It's or like the last refills. of it. Yeah, not Last of Us. Uh, is that Left for Dead. Left for Dead. Left for Dead. Yeah. Last of Us is something we're not going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You think that like Ewoks aren't that scary until it's pitch fucking black and you just hear yeah, <laughs> dark, and then they are terrifying. Uh, but Starfighter Assault's a lot of fun. Um, I'm playing that a lot to get hyped for squadrons. My go-to is Heroes versus Villains. Heroes versus Villains. Such is a, lot a good of fun. time. Uh, have you played Hero versus Villains Starfighters? Yeah, not. As big of a fan as regular Starfighters. Okay. Because they do like a, a limited life run with mm-hmm. that. Also, why is Anakin's ship not in the game? That is a great Why question. does Yoda have a ship? Yeah. Why is there three Millennium Falcons in the game? Yeah, there's three Millennium Falcons. You have Luke and Chewbacca. Uh-huh. Or you have uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, I'm sorry. Ray and Chewbacca. Orlando and L337. Yeah. But you get Yoda's ETS-3 Interceptor, but not Where did that Obi-Wan show up in the Clone Anakin? Wars? For two episodes? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And then, like, for the dark side, you get, like, Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, Ivan Versario, whatever her name is, the main character of the campaign. You get hers, and then you get, like, the Slave One, 
and Kylo Ren's TIE silencer. All these cool ships. These cool ships, yeah, but for the good guys, it's like, here's three Millennium Falcons. You got Poe Dameron X-Wing. That makes sense. You got Luke Skywalker as an X-Wing, too, but like, there's just a lot of repetition. There's Anakin. Yeah. Bumblebee Yellow. Bumblebee Yellow, ETS-3, Starfighter. And that's why EA's out of business. I see I see your lip twitching. It's I, all the I gotta tell you, you know I am beaming nothing up, okay? I got, <laughs> I got nothing here, okay? Alright, so do you know there's a new Star Wars game? Game. Yes. Yeah. Squadrons. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you excited about that? Do you care? The conversation stopped at, do you know of it? I know of it. Okay. Okay. Hard breaks is why it stops. Yikes. I do because I grew up on the Rogue Squadron games. I loved the Jedi Starfighter titles. I played the X Wing miniatures game. Like the Starships and Star Wars are one of my favorite things. The designs are really cool and how they work into the lore. And the fact that it's a five man team versus five man team yeah. for dogfighting or capital assault sounds amazing. It sounds like something that I've been wanting from a Star Wars game for a while because Starfighter Assault doesn't quite scratch that itch. Me personally, I just want Battlefront 3. Yeah. They have all these people missing from Battlefront. That too. Like, I think if they make a Battlefront 3, they need to finally make a true Galactic Assault mode where it's like you do boots on the ground, people go up into the ships, yeah, yeah. and while there are people battling inside the ships, there's also starfighters attacking the ships from the outside. Make it feel like a fully fleshed out battle. And also go back to like the original Battlefront 2 that was made by LucasArts, where you can like replay famous battles in the mo- from mm-hmm. the movies. You can't really do that. You get the, all these locations, but every battle more or less is just the same thing. I'm not saying scripted, but have events that happen. So like if you're playing on Hoth and the Empire breaks through your shield generator, now you guys have to evacuate from Hoth. Things like that. But you would always, <laughs> so in a situation like that, if you were to play back that battle, one team always loses that battle. No, 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 no. You can fight and push back the Empire. And if you do, you just keep Echo Base in the Empire. But there's like these, these moments that happen in the movie. Like, so if they're if the Empire pushes and they win that flag, that area, the shield breaks, and you're like, I remember when that happened. Oh, this is why it happened because they could have won that. So you're potentially changing history, but if a what if scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Very yeah. similar to like how uh, back in the old PS2 days of like Call of Duty, Big Red One, or whatever. You played what through a fucking reference. Yeah, you you played through storming the beaches of Normandy, but you could also like fuck that up. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you. I do want to tackle this idea of if they're do the battle. There's the boots on ground, the ship in the battle, and then like you can be in space killing the ship. Yeah. We run into kind of the same options. What if you're in the ship team Jedi versus Sith, but the space team wins, so your ship would blow up. So now your team is rendered irrelevant. Yeah, so whatever that would, fight you were doing actually doesn't matter. So they kind of have something similar on there already. It's called supremacy. Okay. And what it is is you guys fight for the outposts on the ground, and then if your team wins, the enemy team flee, flees to a airship and then goes up into the airship, and you continue a boots on the ground battle inside the ship. Okay. Follow that same mantra, but then instead of just eliminating it to boots on the ground inside the ship, you can also engage in a space battle outside if you want. But it wouldn't be like the space battle simultaneously going on at the same time that the boots on the ground is. 
But if you wanted a scenario like that, you could follow the events of what happened on Endor, where you have a ground strike treat going for the shield generator, and that your dogfighting trying to kill time until the shields go down on the Death Star 2, and then your ship can go in and attack. I think the tier system is kind of the best way you can really do that. So in the battle situation, Battlefield does this really well mm-hmm. in their conquers situations. So as one team moves back and forth, and the games can last forever because you're A and C fighting for B, but you have like E, D, F in between these things. Mm-hmm. If like you take E and F and you're going into B, the other team can actually end up taking F and E, and now you're all the way pushed back to the start. So it's kind of trying to find this balance of like, that sounds like a really cool idea in the sense of doing that, where it's like A battle is here and you got to take these checkpoints and if you win that, then that has an effect for the next part of this ground war situation yeah. where... But that's the thing. So the I love the Battlefield games and DICE made the new two right, right, right. games so, yeah. and they're just not that level of quality that I've expected from DICE, but I believe that's from studio meddling yeah. from EA so that's and maybe even Disney. Please don't sue us, Disney. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> well, that's the underlining factor, right? Is like, so how do you make practically the same games? One of them is just a real life situation, one's an IP in space, but they feel so vastly different. And yeah. So then it has to boil down to the studio that threw the money at it at the end of the day. You yeah. had to have some type of fix on it. Which I think now that EA has been kind of pushed back, they can't just be this money grubbing conglomerate. Uh, please don't sue us, EA. I'm just giving you a review of your company. Did you hear what Earth uh, and Mothercraft said about us? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, right? So, like, Battlefront 2 was very clearly, like, give us all your money kind of thing. Right. But then they gave us Jedi Fallen Order, which, in my opinion, was a fantastic game and a step in the right direction. Right. And so Squadrons is going to be their next attempt at earning the fan base back through a multiplayer dominant platform. So this is what's kind of got me, is the thought that I had of, we're getting certain styles of games, right? Like Fallen Order could be classified as a Souls-like game. Yeah, like a Souls-like and Nathan Drake had a big Yeah, game. so then you get that kind of set, and now you're just throwing kind of a nice skin on that style of game. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with this in the sense of if I could get a Ghost of Tsushima level game, but as pick, pick your antagonist. So they almost did that with that game that was canceled, right? The, 1313, yeah. Yeah. 1313 was canceled. It was going to take. They actually referenced 1313 in, in the season seven of Clone Wars. It's the underdog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was supposed to be a title where you played as a smuggler. A lot of people felt that it was going to allure that you were Boba Fett. I don't think that was the thing. Just how like Calcasis, the protagonist of. Fallen Order wasn't connected to anything. The kid from Shameless? Yes. A Jedi Knight in canon? Yeah. I would have never thought. Uh, Cameron Donahan? Is that his name? I really don't know. He, Shameless kid. He did really good. Um, oh, yeah. I loved his performance. I really liked that game as a whole. The first Ginger Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also super excited at, at the idea or thought of a live action in like Mandalorian mm-hmm. where like Ahsoka and Cal are just hanging out. I think he's going to be in Mandalorian season two, if not two, season three. And the reason I say that is because we're already seeing a mixed media with Ooh. that. Rosaria Dawson is going to be portraying Ahsoka, but Katie Shackoff, who voiced Bo-Katan, is reprising her role as Bo-Katan from the animated series in the live action of The Mandalorian, okay. which as far as I know, hasn't happened before. Refresh my memory, Bogotan. She was uh, uh, Duchess Satine's sister. The the girl who bombs the embassy. The the girl with the red hair. That's a Mandalorian. Uh, 
Oh, I'm talking about. Okay, yes. So she she's will be a Mandalorian. She's going to be a Mandalorian season two. That helps capture Maul at the end. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's Bo-Katan, and it makes sense because Din, I think his name is the Mandalorian himself, who was rescued by Death Watch, which okay. is the clan that she's part of. You think Cal has a possibility of showing up in the Mandalorian? Yes, because high fiving with Ahsoka. Not high fiving. I mean, like maybe like a Jedi high five of them just like. What does a Jedi high five look like? It's reaching out to somebody else in the force. I feel ready. Yeah, it's too aggressive. You guys could have seen what just happened here. I hated every moment. Of we were happened. doing a thing. I'm not. I was not a fan of watching that whole thing digress. But I feel like Ahsoka's duty now, even though she's falling away from the order, is to help Jedi know that they're not alone in the galaxy. Will Ahsoka die? In Mandalorian season two. Hot take, I don't know. A hot take, I don't think so. No. Why not? Because I can see her story a character that everyone loves. I can see her story wrapping up towards the end of Mandalorian, particularly because there is no sight or mention of her in the sequel trilogy. Right, because they just came up with her on the fly, like, hey, here's a character for the Clone Wars. Well Oh, everyone loves her. She's canon. One thing that is cool is that you see like the ghosts at the Battle of Exegol. Um, which pulls everything together. It's fully possible that Ahsoka was on the ghost at that time. Who knows? Right, and her voice is in uh, The Last... Yeah, in The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Her voice is one of the Jedi that she hears, so that which dead. implies that she was dead. So, Look at you guys put together shit that I took a minute to get there with you. <laughs> you caught up? Like, yeah. Where did we, like, oh, where we lose you? Yeah. It's interesting. I was like trying to put together why you were like, why does it matter? Right, Because she fought Vader... Mm-hmm. So we know in Rebels, right? So we know that she's somewhere in this time frame. But it, when she when we saw her in Rebels fight, Vader, hold on, you're with me. She didn't look very old. Yeah, that's right. Because so something would have to kill her. Definitely so, older than she was in Clones, though. Rebels, it, it goes Clone Wars, Rebels, and then four, five, and six, and then the Mandalorian. So we're getting a much older Ahsoka now. Yeah, and so the Mandalorian takes place between. Episode six and episode uh, seven. Imagine not knowing the timeline. So you were But that's why we're here. Right. That's why we're here. So yeah. So now I understand why you're like, oh, okay. Let me guide you my that one. Right. And then wow. where we so you guys are saying when Ray hears Soba's voice, she would have to be dead. Which, that, is, that is further past that would make Mandalorians. Yes. Yeah. But we, who knows how those aliens that's true. Or the only other Jedi that we've seen of her species in live action was Shakti. Shakti gets fucked up. All the seven time. ways. Yeah, all the time. They always kill off Shakti. Yeah, the token Jedi. She gets killed, or I think, yeah, she gets killed in the animated Clone Wars that was by Kendi Tarkovsky. She has no mention in the new Clone Wars, and then in a deleted scene in Episode Three, she gets killed by Grievous. Yup. So Shakti, R.I.P. Shakti, pressing F. <laughs> Version one, two, and three all yeah. got the same fate. Yeah, Shakti, no matter what, bro. Shakti, <laughs> you not making it past Order sixty six. I'm sorry. Lucas felt the same way about Shakti that Frank Miller felt about Electra. Wow. You're dying eight ways to Sunday multiple times. No, I mean, like, like, one of the things for Frank Miller is that Electra stays dead because, like, there's a notorious thing in comic books where dead characters don't die. Right. But you so, didn't see it. What Electra are you referencing right now? The uh, Devil Electra? Yeah, comic book Electra, though. So you're saying in the comics she's dead? In the comics she's dead. I have not been reading Daredevil enough to confirm or deny what you're talking about. Yeah. So. Like, I literally just started it. Like the newest run of Daredevil, and I'm on like issue two, and I wished I finished it before we started this. Be like, this actually, comic book Electra died in like the 90s. She's definitely been back after that, though. 
it may be somebody taking the mantle of Electra, but it's not. Interesting. Frank Miller's run of, of Daredevil Electra. That bitch died. Dead. And hmm. he was like, never again will you ever come back in my show ever. Wow. She's come back once through Marvel Comics, but as a scroll who was intimidated or who was impersonating her. Right. But what you're seeing right now is actually a scroll. The plot twist that well, whatever you're reading with her in was not a plot twist anymore. The writers have been going like, you fuck that figure, get out. You spoiled it for him. Have you heard this Earth the Mothership podcast? They figured out the next episode. Bare fans up to head. Also, if uh, Fantasy Flight Games is listening, please make an Exegol format for X-Wings. Thank you. Did you catch all that? That was not for us. That was a shameless plug. If we're doing shameless plugs, cut that out. Get your Twitter. Cut that out. I don't have a Twitter. Cut that out. (laughs) If I don't get a plug, no one gets a plug. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is that in the miniatures game, you have factions, right? So you can either play Rebels, uh, Resistance, First Order, Empire, or Scum and Villainy. And so I think if they Those are just bad people. Yeah, that's like Boba Fett. Those are bounty hunters. Okay. Um, stuff like that. Um, the thing that makes me upset is that there's no format in where you can mix factions like Resistance and Rebels. So if they did an Exegol format, you could do that. Quick take, quick question. Yeah. You know Bosk is in Battlefront 2? Yes. The lizard guy? Mm-hmm. He shows up for like how many minutes in episode 4 or 5? In episode five, he is in the movie for like a minute. Right. Like, so why the- is he a full-on character in the game and not Ahsoka or Samuel Jackson? Yeah. Or I am, there are so many characters missing. I am fully with you on that. And they said, "Hey, let's talk boss in the game." Cool lizard boy. Yeah. Well, they're like Trandoshan represent representation. You know, the world's run by lizard people. We gotta get our lizard boy in there. Wow. There's a lizard boy <laughs> in Squadron. There is a Trandoshan. Yeah. So, but I mean, and you could also make him a whole fucking race name on you. In your face of like, I just said lizard boy. I'm out of my depth. Uh, the lizard guy, uh, Dorothy Doro. Are you watching Dorothy Doro? Do you watch anime? Um, I do watch anime. I'm not watching that anime. Interesting. Um, did you finish it? Yes. Did you like it? I'm, I did enjoy the anime as a whole. Okay. Would you recommend it to Bobby? Uh, yes. It is a, it is a fun watch. Okay. It's a fun watch. I need to get my girlfriend caught up with My Hero Academia. We're three episodes away from season four. Imagine I also need to get caught up with My Hero Academia. I just finished My Hero Academia. So the newest season, whatever season this is. I think it's four, right? Four. There's three episodes left then. I have not finished season four. Have you started season four? Yes. So I'm at the school festival fun time. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty close. Okay, yes. I'm I'm almost caught up on the manga, though. I'm like super far for My Hero Manga. Do you recommend it? Go into the manga? Yes, it's very good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't want to spoil myself, but I also but I, also why not? Like, here's the thing, right? So you get to see these awesome battles happen in the manga, and then you get to watch them animated. Because you can only do so much with a pen and paper to yeah, convey yeah. the action. Then you get an animation team that knows what they're doing, and you get some awesome fights. That's how I can justify watching the anime after having caught up with the manga. So you know what happens. Yes. And we're back! <laughs> <laughs> so I want to propose a question on Star Wars for you guys. They recently announced the High Republic, which is their the new canon of the Old Republic for anyone who's familiar. Are you guys excited to see what avenues that gives us at seeing the Jedi at their peak? Or are you excited to kind of see the dark side of it? What's enticing you about Okay, and for that reason, I'm out. Um, I have no opinion on this. Uh, 
It'll be cool. I mean, if they do, it'll be cool. I, I'm guessing that's all you can give. Boy, could you imagine if I'm the one guy that's like, it'll be cool, and everybody's like, you fucking clown, stupid. <laughs> that was so stupid. No, did you see what they did with the sequel trilogy? They're oh. retconning everything. <laughs> I mean, Old Republic was cool. I, I guess they're just gonna <laughs> turn that into canon and expound on it a little bit more. When they make new stories, it's not bad. So sure. I mean, you've always been some guy. Who, you're somebody who's liked the, some the dark guy. side. Yeah, uh, and Sick, so. For sure. Since we haven't seen a lot of Sims, strong sure. Sith representation in the movies, are you excited to see kind of the Sith at their peak too? Hundred percent, yeah. So that was kind of like in the expanded universe of what I did dabble in. Like it was always something that was kind of cool, mm-hmm. where they just took on the I don't know carnage and Viking type mentalities of like let's just beat the fuck up and I rule here. That's always fun to me. So the more organization of the Jedi was always I was like okay cool yeah fuck those peaceful months. yeah I mean well, yeah. Fuck the, the, Fuck the Air Nation. They're I, space police. I'm 100% a Jedi. Yeah, no, no, the Sith is here. It's yeah, so if they give us more detail on it and it can kind of see how it evolved into where we saw it at its end, right? With Palpatine being. Yeah, we saw the Jedi. Two. <laughs> we, we saw the Jedi at their hubris during the Clone Wars. It'll be interesting to see them at their... We lost you at hubris. I saw that. Yeah, what a buzzword. Yeah. Whoa. Hubris is like, you're over... You're so overconfident, you're blind to stuff. In your hubris. In your hubris. Don't do this game, Do it. Look at us. Do it. Buick. Who would have thought? Mr. Jewett. I didn't think so. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, sure. Give me me some Sith lore. Any more content's good content. Yeah, and I think it, it helps because... Wrapping up a story that spanned 30 years is a lot harder than going back a hundred years or a million years before that story was even told yeah. for new content. I really think that Dis- like I enjoyed the sequel trilogy because it's more Star Wars content. I feel like they screwed the pooch because there wasn't an overarching story. Okay. My favorite of the three, and this is people are gonna castrate me for this. My favorite of the three is The Last Jedi. Ew. Uh, because as much as I had hopes for the Rise of Skywalker, the Rise of Skywalker was too much like, hey, look, we hate the last Jedi too. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck those guys. It just, it was too much like damage control for me to find it as a better movie. So that's that's kind of the bad, the sore spot of the whole thing, right? Is at the end of the day, when we watched Force Awakens, it really built up for a new generation of like, oh, this is the thing that you fell in love with because it had a lot of those same notes. So for mm-hmm. a new generation, they could feel that love that the old generation felt with four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. We fell apart with, hey, you did this. Now, new director, do this. And he's like, yeah. I don't see the same vision. Yeah. So I'm going to make my movie. And then we come back to The Rise of Skywalker, where the we get, um, I'm going to fuck up this guy's name, the director of Abrams. Yeah. J.J. Abrams comes back and he's like, yeah, so this is what I wanted to do, but I also have to blend it with this thing. Ew. So we get a very end not fulfilling end to a story where it's just like, let's just get here. Let's get here to end this story because it's taken this windy road where had maybe JJ take it from one, two and three, we would have got a much better trilogy for a new generation. I actually think we would have gotten a better trilogy if Ryan Johnson had done the whole Sure. Thing. What I mean is more yeah. of a, like one, one, person. one person. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And the thing is, they had the potential for Rise of Skywalker to be this penultimate movie in the same sense that like in the prequels, episodes one and two aren't that great. Episode three though is critically acclaimed as one of the best Star Wars movies to have been made. But then you have the Clone Wars that helps tie together two and three and even little bits of one. And it makes those movies as a whole 
much more enjoyable. Okay, yeah, because I'm a I'm a episode one stan. I mean, Maul was it from Ray Park. Like the guy. Sometimes you're a little crazy on Instagram, but you're the guy. I love episode one. Don't get me wrong, but like there was too much focus on politics and not enough explanation. I feel that they could have had Maul as the main antagonist, but instead have him be hunting Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn as he's training Obi Wan. You know, have that be have him be the Phantom Menace instead of him just coming in at the end, and then they pick up Anakin in the last fifteen minutes. What what do you what is your take on that theory <coughs> that Maul isn't the Phantom Menace, but it's actually Palpatine, and that's where we start the Phantom Menace. So he's wow. he's the Phantom Menace all the way up till we see him at the very end of like take your spot on the throne, only to come back. Yeah, I. I feel like that's no, a no, good... at the end with Rey. Oh. But like, take your Palpatine spot. So the whole nine movies, he is forever the Phantom Menace. Because when he died, he didn't really die. Yeah, I mean, they, you could spin it like that as well, but you very you could have had given it a dual meaning instead of just that one overarching, like, oh, well, it's just Palpatine. You could have given it a dual meaning in the sense that it's like, Maul stalking these people throughout the entirety of the movie... And also Palpatine's pulling the strings. Like she- so could you imagine the double Phantom Menace? Yeah, they want like, you to believe that Maul's a Phantom Menace, but in actuality, the meaning when it was entitled was for Palpatine. Yeah, he's the Red Herring. Now I'm here for it. Or Red Horning, I Hey, so yeah, Disney, okay. we'll write you a movie. <laughs> How about you let us just write all my movies over again? I, I actually think shit. that they could retcon the first two movies and remake them. Okay. And keep episodes three through six, and then redo seven, eight, and nine, and actually make a better trilogy. And I have now ruined any sort of career that I have on the <laughs> internet because Star Wars fans are going to string me out to dry. Right. That's the best part of having a ravenous fan base, right? It's like yeah. even the good stuff in its totality is not the best it could have been had we changed this thing. Yeah. And- so, as a huge fan of Destiny, that's exactly what. I see in my community pretty regularly. It's it's a great game when you look at it kind of in its totality without picking it apart. But as soon as we pick it apart now, the whole totality of the thing falls apart. And this is where it could have been better and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and Star Wars fans are notorious for just hating the next new thing. They're like, when Episode Five came out at the time, it was just The Empire Strikes Back. People argued that it was the worst sequel to be ever made. And we now realize that it's one of the perfect sequels ever made. And then we see that again with episode two. This is a terrible sequel. Rinse and repeat one more time. Jar Jar came in episode two? Jar Jar came in episode one. And that's your favorite? My, it's my favorite because I meet Maul for the first time. That's when so we all meet like, Maul for the first time. He likes or the last... we meet Maul and Jar Jar for the no, first you're time. No, you're adding the Jar Jar thing. Okay. Jar Jar me so what's your favorite movie? One. It's with Jar Jar. With Maul. It's Jar Jar in one? And Maul is also in one. Huh. He likes the last seven minutes of how much screen time does Maul have? Less than 10. So that's your favorite. Okay. But Jar so Jar takes, takes up most of it. You're like, wow, I love this. Watch me with Zoidberg, you, because Jar Jar doesn't make it out of three. Okay. We're talking about one. Right. But what I'm saying is that if you want to talk totality now. Okay. So Maul gets seven minutes in one okay. and then gets two arcs. How does Jar Jar not make it out of three? Does he not make it out of three? He, you said it so confidently. Yeah, I'm like, he, he knows what he's talking he's about. Never, I don't think there's ever been any explanation. Like, there was a joke of it in The Force Awakens of him being frozen in carbonite, but The Force Awakens is again. Okay, wait, so this is what I'm saying, is that you're talking about screen time total, right? So oh, screen yeah, time, Jar Jar does not make it out of three. Right. Right. Maul gets seven minutes in one, mm-hmm. but picks up 
Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And Rebels. And Rebels. Mm-hmm. And Solo. Okay, so now we're talking totality of screen time. He Maul might wins. come close between where Jar Jar is at with one, two, and three. I guess Maul is Jar Jar actually also gets episodes in the Clone Wars. He's a politician. He's kind of a big deal. And I see that why he's your favorite character and why you like one so much. <laughs> I need you to stop. I need you to stop with this. I get it. He's <laughs> they're they're a joint package. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Maul, you'd like Jar Jar. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the two are lumped together. But if you gave me the option of I have to have Maul with Jar Jar or no Maul at all, you take I, take Maul, take I will take Maul with Jar Jar all day long. For sure. They were the first force I had. Yeah, in, in reality, you have to have one with the other. Yeah. Because he's actually a Sith. You hate to see it. Like, so the thing is, too, is Ryan Johnson actually originally wanted the Knights of Ren to be the Praetorian guards that defended Snoke. Ah. I feel that would have been much better. Than what we got in. Than what we... Like, the Praetorian guards are awesome. Don't get me wrong. That fight scene is beautiful. And one of the best lightsaber sequences we have seen on screen next to Duel of the Fates in Episode 1 and the fight from Episode 3. Hot take. But the choreographing actually is a dog shit. In the Praetorian fight with Snoke. In the Snoke really? Scene. I yeah. hard disagree. No, so if you watch choreo, so shout out to BFX artist React. Jesus. They break stuntmen, break down that fight. There's just moments where it's a lot of guys just standing around. Mm-hmm. So when you break it down, when you break it down, it's a lot of like standing, like Ray swings a lightsaber and a guy that's nowhere near her, even in the perspective lane is nowhere near here. She, he falls down. He's like, oh, you got me. Hmm. And she's just swinging the lightsaber at another guy who gets... But would you have noticed without the breakdown video? Uh, be like, oh, I think if I watched it ravenously, probably, I would have been like, why is that guy falling? Wait a minute. I think it's just hard to get dynamic saber fights with multiple people without it just evolving into a colorful... Now, that's Casey taking a hot take. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Casey watching the movie for the first time, enter my seat. I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. Which, like, there are two big things, even though The Last Jedi is my new favorite, or not my new favorite, my favorite of the new sequel trilogy, I do have two very glaring problems with it, personally. The two ones, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen The Last Jedi, also, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Um, Just start the series already. Yeah, watch Star Wars. You played yourself. Anyways, uh, Leia surviving. She should have died. That would have set a much darker tone for the yeah, when she, movie. Well, can I expound on this? Mm-hmm. When she pulled herself, I remember very clearly being in the movie theater, looking over at Ursula, and I'm like, and she's like, what? And I'm like, this would never happen. Where she's she's like, floating through space. Yeah, and she like yeah, force pulls herself back yeah, in. I'm like, that doesn't happen. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it doesn't happen. And she's like, please shut up. I'm trying to enjoy the movie. <laughs> but it did bother me because Leia having force powers was something that was, to my knowledge, expanded on in like, extended universe, Mm -hmm. not necessarily canon. So when they have her do that, we're bridging these worlds, as you said, could never really bridge. So Mm -hmm. now what are we doing? And then they expand on that even more when she did Jedi training with Luke. You're like, okay, so what are we doing here? Because we can pull some really cool stories from expanded universe, but you're picky and choosy on what's cool. I like the idea of Jedi Leia. Which I do too. I like that idea, but in the sense that like, her connection to the Force, similar to Luke's, Rey could have gotten her training from the Jedi text that she stole at the end of Eight, mm-hmm. and their Force spirits. That is a story that would have been much more compelling because she doesn't have a physical master. They're not always there looming. She doesn't have somebody she can go to. She has to channel through the Force, which would make sense because she's shown as such a 
powerful force user. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that really bugged me was the Canto Bite stuff. I feel like that story, that's a plot went nowhere in the movie, had no bearing on the on anything other than Finn facing Phasma again and just saying Rebel Scum. I disagree. Canto Bite. It's yeah. the casino stuff. Whether it be the horse racing. Oh. Yeah. So I would summarize that whole scene of boiling down to the children in there mm-hmm. and them showing us there are other Force-sensitive people, but this is kind of the world. So yeah. summarize all of the nonsense that had to deal with that scene. At least now what was shown at the end of all of that was at least there are still Force-sensitive people. Because one of the things that I really did enjoy just listening to people talk about it was the fact that like the only people that we follow are Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. And then we even devolve down to, uh, spoiler alert, Palpatines, but mm-hmm. still connected to the Skywalker bloodline. Mm-hmm. But then when we meet people like uh, in like expanded universe, someone like uh, Cal, Cal, or uh, Ahsoka, Soka, Samuel Jackson, my brain's going Kid to, Fisco, uh, like Star Killer. Mm-hmm. Star Killer was a born of a new Jedi thing, mm-hmm. but we never expounded on him. And then he still found his way to a Skywalker bloodline tie-in, much like Palpatine did. So. The fact that it's like this is a farm boy who knows nothing but watching Force pull this broom to himself. Hence the plot of the Fallen Order. They're hunting down a list full of Jedi mm-hmm. or Force sensitive people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they crush them. And then they crush the list. And I really liked that ending for Fallen Order, where, because in the idea that it's like, no, they need to be hidden, it's like, yeah, the Force will cross these paths if need be it it, it keeps the force because the jedi use the force as their deity and as they respect mm-hmm. and so if it is willed by the force it is meant to be which is why i think we can see cal crossing paths with ahsoka right and then all paths lead to back to a skywalker yeah palpatine because there's such dyads in the force i think that they pull uh, everybody in no the other thing too is like I they think, do i don't uh, want them to though. Right, I'm with you. I yeah. also don't want them to. Yeah, I'm tired of the Skywalkers. They got nine movies. Let's get some Jedi's that just have their own stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the other thing, too. Like, what's funny is a lot of people gave The Force Awakens a, a lot of shit because it retreaded the same territory of, oh, big planet, killing weapon. Yeah, that's all the expanded universes, too. It's just different planet killing weapons. Yeah. Like, that's it's it's a concept that, that repeats itself, but you like it because of the characters in the universe. But episode nine, I feel, could have been much better done. I feel like if episode nine had taken the chance to make itself its own movie with a much darker tone, like the original draft that was put out, I could argue that it would have taken the sequel trilogy from a mundane misstep to the best Star Wars content we've seen, like The Mandalorian. But instead, they decided to go the route of damage control. And again, falls back to, see how much we hate The Last Jedi yeah. too. Haha, <laughs> fuck those guys. Like, it just... it it puts a bad taste in my mouth for the end of that series. Uh, there were things that I liked, like the battle of Mexico was cool. And I wish that we would have seen Ray with a double bladed lightsaber, but I just feel that it was a bigger misstep than the last Jedi was. Yeah. As a mental note later, I would love to get into the double bladed lightsaber argument because it was a hot button topic for me for a very long time. We can talk about that now. I'm really upset about it because what I think made it so special was Maul was the only one that we knew had it. Mm-hmm. And from the lore up to that point, to, from what I understood was the reason that he got the better of Qui-Gon was we had never seen it before. It was a, a lost Sith way 
that Maul found, and he was like, I'm going to be good at this. Because part of the lore that I understand with Maul was Palpatine trained him in everything that the Jedis knew, and he was like, that's cool. Now let me learn the shit that nobody knows, so when mm-hmm. I face off with these people, I have the upper hand. And that's why we see other like fan films where when he pops one, they're like, oh, I know what I'm looking at here. And he's like, <laughs> I want you to. Like, Let's get into this battle, because I know how to defend whatever you're going to show me. Mm-hmm. And then now let me pop my other side, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And that's how he kind of got the better of both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn, which, again, my understanding, had Maul only known a traditional one-style lightsaber, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon and Obi would have got the better of him 10 out of 10 times. Well, the thing with the double-bladed lightsaber is that it falls into one form of lightsaber combat. There's six forms, I believe. Right. And, like, it was rarer because they're harder to control, and they're more for flourish and confusing your opponent than they are for actually combat, uh, combat yeah. you know, prowess. Uh, and the thing is, too, I actually think that Qui-Gon Jinn could have beaten Darth Maul, but he saw that his death was necessary in the Force. Because the reason I bring that up is going back to Rebels. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Rebels. When Obi-Wan and Darth Maul face off on Tatooine, Obi-Wan starts in his traditional form and then moves to the form that Qui-Gon used right. when facing Darth Maul and beat him in one stroke. I caught that when you showed me that video, like the hatred. Yeah. Video. That's when I caught that moment. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I cut two when he takes that stance and cut to the actual scene. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I've never made these parallels mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm not the hugest fan because it really undercuts what more Maul stuff and you're undercutting Maul and we're already in the through the fight. But as an overarching story, I do appreciate that. The thing with Maul, though, is that I feel like for just his double-bladed lightsabers undercutting him as a character from what he became through the Clone Wars and Rebels, he ruled over Mandalore, he survived from his hatred of Obi-Wan. Like, he is a fantastic character. Maul and Ahsoka, I would argue, are the two best and quintessential characters of what Star Wars characters should be. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is a very good embodiment of true passion and light in the sense that when she saw that the Jedi Order was faltering, she stepped away. And Maul is the embodiment of what the dark side is, so much so that when he saw where they faltered, he stepped away. Mm. Somebody who's a powerful Sith could easily take control of a planet. And he took him not only control of the planet, but a planet of warrior race people. You have people that are notorious for having jetpacks on their back and riding basilisks. If you're going to do it, do it big, I guess. Yeah, and he was able to become their ruler. Yeah. He is what I believe is the quintessential Sith, and I believe Ahsoka to be a truer Jedi than the Jedi of the Galactic Republic that we saw. I hope we get to see more Jedi with her intrinsic values in the High Republic, but I imagine because there's a lot more of them, there's going to be a lot thinner of a a Puritan line, I should say, for lack of better words. Well, that seems to wrap up our Star Wars talk on this episode of Earth the Mothership. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.